Well, good morning. Anybody coming in here today? We're going to start up the local stream. You know what? Maybe we'll just start early today. Well, it seems I've accidentally uh, turned on my uh, YouTube feed 10 minutes before I needed to because I pushed the wrong button. And it looks like it's going to be about 10 minutes before people come in here. Let me uh, toss an idea around. All right, we're, we're already live this morning. I was going to do a spaces today. And I was going to do the spaces on the, on the topic of the global elites were controlling the world. And uh, maybe you could talk me into it. Yeah, we'll go private. All right, that should work. Um, what do you think of that? Is there anybody who needs to get their coffee before we go live? Well, we are live, but we're not, we're not official until the top of the hour. Do you think we should just go ahead and act like it, it's a normal start? <laughs> uh, well, you better get your coffee ready. You've got a few minutes. We're going to do the simultaneous sip in eight minutes. Until then, if anybody has any questions before the show, I will take them. You've been living in WEF hell, okay? All right, then. Look for dual citizenship, you say. Steve Garvey for Senate. Is that happening? Have I heard of Ray Kurzweil, and what do I think of him? Well, Ray Kurzweil and I are in a heated competition to see who can live forever first. I know that doesn't make any sense, but I said it anyway. Yeah, I think uh, Ray Kurzweil thinks that if he reaches a certain age and he's still healthy, the technology will allow him to live forever. And he's pretty healthy so far, I think. Takes a lot of supplements, but I'm trying to beat him. I'm going to try to try to be immortal before he is. He had a stroke. Oh, okay. Well, that's no good. Uh, ruling on vessels that come pre-filled with liquid, those would be acceptable. Yeah, a pre-filled vessel of liquid. Can you solve a Rubik's cube? You know, I don't know. And the reason I don't know is I've never thought that was a good use of time. <laughs> I, I assume it takes some time to learn how to do it. And I've, I've never thought that that could possibly be worth my time. It looks impressive if you become one of those people who can do it quickly. But, uh, yeah, it's sort of pattern recognition. You'd have to know the trick. Um you think technology can push the supply-demand curve to solve our economic problems? Well, so far, technology has solved all of humanity's problems. It got us to here. So why would it change? Uh, did I ever find a competent plumber? <laughs> uh, that's a long story. All, all of my plumbing woes. All right. 
Uh, it was the biblical... <laughs> so I'm still testing my uh, magnesium experiment. So far, so good. A self-defense tactical coffee mug. There's an idea. In case there's a home invasion and you need to protect yourself with your coffee mug. That's... Okay, we need to work on that. The tactical self-defense coffee mug made of some kind of titanium. Do I really have a swimming pool that looks like Dilbert? I do not, no. I do not have a swimming pool that looks like Dilbert. What I do have is a structural effect near the swimming pool that looks like Dilbert's head. So it looks like Dilbert's watching the swimming pool, but it's not, it's not the swimming pool itself. Potassium is important as magnesium. Concierge medicine, maybe. I'm thinking about it. Would I take a picture? Mm. I might have one somewhere. How's your blood pressure? Uh, I have to check it. The magnesium should lower the blood pressure too. Uh, I decided to stop checking it. <laughs> I suppose that's a bad idea. Have I ever chatted with Seth MacFarlane? I have not. Don't expect that to happen. Epsom salts or magnesium? What? How many pickleball courts per tennis court? I'm not even sure people have decided how big a pickleball court is. There are different sizes. Um, Vivek? Yeah, Vivek uh, got community noted, but uh, I'll talk about that. The Scott Adams gag on Family Guy might be about race. Was there a new Scott Adams gag on Family Guy? No, that can't be true. There, there's some old ones. I know they mocked me in the old days. Um, oh, you listened when you went to bed. Okay, in Greece. Is the Dilbert principle more relevant now? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't read it in a while. It might be. It might be the one of the few uh, books of mine that you can buy at the moment. <laughs> two minutes. All right, we're going to get serious in two minutes. The Way of the Weasel, is. you like that? Um, circles within circles. I don't know what you're talking about. Epsom salts or magnesium sulfate. What's my favorite book that I've written? Uh, well, it would be a toss-up between God's Debris and I'd failed almost everything and still win big. Although you're going to like the new one. The new one is just going rip to the, rip the top off of civilization. Stop chuckling about your books unpublished and do something to self-publish them. Well, it's called independent publishing. We don't call it self-publishing anymore. And uh, it's well along in the process. There's some things that just take a while. The, the new book had to be uh, edited. And uh, the How to Fail book is being re-edited as we speak. So both of them should be available. The, the two ones that 
we care about the most should both be available at the end of the summer? Or sooner? Am I using AI to write? No. But maybe someday. Yeah, we'll do an audiobook too. There will be an audiobook. I just have to get it done. Uh, yeah, it'll be on Amazon. You, you can buy it the usual way. Audiobook. We'll do, a, we'll do an e-book and an audiobook and, and all that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, pretend that we've been not live until this moment. Are you ready? It's time. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to the highlight of civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and you're so happy to be here. I can tell. I can see it in your face. And if you'd like to take this experience up to a level where nobody could even imagine how good it could be, well, all you need is a cupper, a mugger, a glass, a tanker, chalice, a stein, a canteen, jug, or a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid I like, coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine, any the thing. Day, the, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go. Ah. That's good. All right, well, the most important story of the day, egg prices are coming back to normal. That's right, people. Our long winter of despair is over. The, uh, the COVID pandemic is over. And the price of eggs, almost back to normal. How's your gas prices? Have you noticed that your gas prices are high, but they're not so high as they used to be, so it doesn't seem so bad anymore? They're coming down a little bit. They're still terrible. But things are moving in the right direction. As I always tell you, if you get the jobs right, the economy follows. And so far, surprisingly, jobs are robust. So we're doing okay. Um, you know that I was speculating what will be the summer Trump hoax. As you know, the summer is a slow news period. A lot of people on vacation. So they like to cover that period with a good hoax. Something that you can't prove, but you can't disprove. And we can, we can see the bones of that now. Now it is obvious what that will be. It looks like it's going to be document hoax. Trump Mar-a-Lago document hoax. Now, a good hoax in the political sphere uh, involves somebody saw something and they're telling you about it. Um, they're telling you about it, but you can't prove or, or test whether it's real or not. So now we're told that maybe there was something that Trump said about one of the documents that would suggest that he knew there was a process. He knew there was a process. He didn't follow it, except the process that he knows is the one where he says, if I take it out of the White House, it's unclassified. But that's why he'll argue in, in court. So the first claim will be there's, a, there's a, a reference to something that shows that he knew he was taking them and he shouldn't have. So that's the first part. The second part will be what is the nature of the document that's like the real dangerous one? And now we're being told by people who can't show us the documents that it might be about something about an attack on Iran. Ooh, ooh, 
that's espionage That's very espionage So we're going to have to listen all summer long to bullshit about what's in the documents based on somebody saw it or somebody heard something and we, don't, we can't get any confirmation of anything. And it will last all summer. All summer. It's going to be wall-to-wall, MSNBC, CNN. What could be in that document? What could it possibly say about Iran? Oh, it's so espionage And that word espionage, you're just going to hear it all the time. And here's the funny thing. Does anybody really think that Trump was involved in espionage? <laughs> and we got to the point where the Democrats actually believe that. Like, that, like that's, a, that's a hypothetical true thing. Oh, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, totally feasible. After all, he did, he did urinate on that hooker's bed. So this was, oh, wait, he didn't. He didn't. That was fake, yeah. Well, he did call uh, Nazis fine people. Oh, actually, he didn't. By the way, AI now knows... That, uh, I saw one version of AI where it very clearly said the fine people thing was a hoax. So it does know. Even, even AI knows that was a hoax. Um, so that's what we have to look forward. All summer long. Oh, it's going to be a bad one. What's in the box? Espionage. Well, Allstate has joined State Forum in not offering homeowner insurance for Californians. The problem here being not just that there are a lot of losses in California with forest fires, but that California doesn't let them uh, set their rates based on what they expect the losses will be. (laughs) Just just hold that in your mind. (laughs) California uniquely... Uniquely, it's, it's the only one, tells the insurance company that they cannot set their insurance prices based on what they anticipate is their risk. Also known as the entire fucking point of insurance is that they set the price based on their perceived risk. And they're not allowed to do that in California. They have to set it on uh, historical risks. <laughs> And the historical risks uh, include when we used to manage the forest fires better and you know, it wasn't so dry and all that other stuff. So basically, we have an absurd system which guarantees that two of the biggest insurers can't even work in our state, at least for new... I think it's for new houses. I think they'll still service the old ones. All right, well, uh, how about that Ukrainian offensive? Everybody, everybody, Ukrainian offensive... It's happening any day now, right? Oh, they are so ready. You know, last week they were ready, but now they're readier. Uh, Next week we're looking for, well, it's just a forecast, but super ready. The week after that, extra, extra, superlatively ready. And then sometime after that, platinum level readiness. They're very ready. So that's going to happen any time. Now, as you know, 100% of the news and of Ukraine and Russia is undependable, highly undependable. But that doesn't stop us from talking about it like it's some kind of hobby. And there's an account I follow that uh, suggests that Russia is running out of artillery, that they started with 9,000. They would keep 3,000 in reserve in case they have some other war. 3,000 are broken. 
they got 3,000 left, and maybe only 1,000. And the problem is that they break, and they, they can't make them as quickly as they, can, as they break them. So artillery can't fire forever. The barrel, the barrel gets sketchy after a while. So they basically fired all their artillery until they don't have much left. And it looks like one of the things that Ukraine might be waiting for is for Russia to run out of artillery. Now, would you like to jump in and say, Scott, that information from the Ukraine war is inaccurate? Would that be like a surprising claim? Am I claiming that everything I just said is true? (laughs) No, nothing about Ukraine is believable. But you should know that there's one hypothesis from somebody who seems to follow war stuff pretty closely and seems to be an expert, who says that uh, Russia can't make new artillery. They they can only make like a few pieces a year or something. It's crazy. And uh, they're running out. And that Ukraine is amassing an overwhelming advantage. What do you think? Do you think Ukraine will have an overwhelming advantage and be able to at least push through in, say, one place? Oh, the other part about the artillery is if, if it's true that they're down to 1,000 or whatever it is, and then you spread it down over the entire territory they're protecting, it's almost like they don't have any. <laughs> you know, by the time it's spread out over the entire front line. Uh, Scott, please try reading sources that present both sides. Um, Scott, so Scott made that comment to Scott. It's another Scott. Scott, please stop recommending that I read both sides. Please stop that. Please, please stop recommending that I listen to Scott Ritter. Okay. Uh, can I, <clears throat> would you allow me to represent the entire other side? Russia is winning and Russia will win. Are you happy now? Are you happy? Well, because I wasn't clear enough when I said that nothing that comes out of Ukraine can be believed. So after I said nothing can be believed out of Ukraine, you felt it was necessary to tell me to listen to the other side because the side I told you wasn't credible. There, is there anything you can say about Ukraine without somebody bitching that I didn't tell you Russia is going to win? How about every fucking time I talk about Russia, I do a dance. I'm going to do a little Russian fucking dance where I say, Russia's going to win, Russia's going to win, and then can I talk about it? Then can I talk about it? Would that be okay? (laughs) All right. You know, one of the things I like about Kamala Harris in the office is that you can tell what things the Biden administration doesn't care about at all. Uh, So if they put her in charge of it, they really don't care. So they put Kamala in charge of the border, and it's pretty obvious they don't give a fuck about that. And then they put her in charge of AI, when she is AI. I mean, if she's not an NPC, I've never seen one. So I feel like that's really just throwing it away. I mean, the Biden administration basically took this existential risk and then put in charge of it the least trusted person in all of public office. Am I wrong about that? Wouldn't you say that Kamala Harris would be the least trusted public official? Well, maybe Adam Schiff would be less. No, Adam Schiff would be more, probably. 
Yeah. She, she might be the least capable person in all of government, and we just put her in charge of the two most critical issues of the day. Right, right in front of us. They're not even hiding that. They're doing that right in front of us. Oh, the window. Oh, you're right. Good call. It is dark. I always have the window shades down, but sometimes I forget to turn on my lighting. Okay, how about that, huh? Much better. It's all new now. Let's start over. Um, I saw a tweet. There's a story about a new AI app, and I thought to myself, wow, could there be an AI app that is not overrated and disappointing and does what you want it to do? And this, and this one apparently is one of the biggest AI apps now. It's just getting tons of download. And it's called character.ai. And listen to this. It can chat with you, you know, all day long. You can just chat with it. But it does it in the style of famous people. So it can chat as Elon Musk. It can chat as Einstein. And it can chat as a few other people that they mentioned. So I said to myself, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. Can you, imagine, can you imagine chatting with AI, like having a little friend, and it's like Elon Musk, just talks like Elon Musk? And I thought to myself, finally, that might be... That might, and they said lots of people are using it, like 29 minutes, they're using it. So I thought, wow, I'm going to download that. So I downloaded it today to be wowed by this new AI app. And uh, <clears throat> Then I find out that the famous people who were named in the article are pretty much the only famous people. So I thought to myself, I'm going to get myself a Kate Beckinsale AI and have something to chat with all day. And then it says, uh, oh, no, it's just basically four famous people that we already mentioned, like Michael Jackson, Napoleon Bonaparte, Mark Zuckerberg, Tony Stark, Elon Musk. And the others are just people you haven't heard of. So it turns out, it's not an app where I can talk to a wide variety of famous people. It's an app in which I can talk to a very small variety of people that do not impress me whatsoever. Who wants their app to sound like Elon Musk or uh, Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> if somebody created a Mark Zuckerberg-sounding app, would you buy it? Hey, I got an app. It's gonna. Hey, it does some useful things, but not only does it do useful things... But it will sound like Mark Zuckerberg. How about that, huh? No, seriously, it'll sound just like Mark Zuckerberg. Don't you want it now? It's like... All right. So then I said, all right, I'm going to start talking to this thing. So I look for the button that would sort of activate the conversation part. And then I find out you don't talk to it. No, when it says it answers you in the style of Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg... It means it chats in text the way they would. It's text. There's no voice. It's text. And let me, let me give you a, Let's see. We'll, we're going to chat. All right. Uh, oh, I was chatting, and the, the Elon Musk one was telling me that I was boring it. That's all it did. So it chatted back to me. So that's, that's like the hottest AI app 
And all it is is like it texts you with lame little things that might might have been said by those people. All right. Uh, there's a. This will tell you what a slow news day it is. There's a story about Vivek Ramaswamy and something about DeSantis and a criticism, and then Twitter tried to community notes him, but maybe the community knows. I don't know. It's the smallest story in the world. <laughs> about somebody running for president said something that somebody didn't like. Community notes said something. There's just nothing there. Forget it. Uh, There's some fake news about Ivanka Trump. Uh, Take a look at this one. This is something that Democrats are believing. So at least if you believe uh, Twitter. So there are a bunch of tweets on this. And the tweet is that uh, Ivanka uh, Trump is having so much trouble with her last name being Trump that she wants to change it to Kushner so that she won't be, you know, so recognized. (laughs) Is that the fakest news you've ever heard in your life? Because, first of all, who's going to be fooled by Ivanka Kushner? Can you imagine meeting her for the first time? And this is uh, Ivanka Kushner. And you'd be like, Ivanka Kushner... Why have I heard... That's, like, familiar. You look familiar. Where have I seen you? Where have I seen you? And then Ivanka would say, I, I don't know, I'm, I've just always been Ivanka Kushner. And you'd say, ah, you're reminding me of somebody, though. Who? Who? But, you know, then everything would be good because they wouldn't know who she was. So, yeah, that's a totally true story. That's absolutely going to happen. Sure. Uh, in other news, the Tesla Model 3 life cycle cost might be one of the cheapest cars in America. How about that? I know you don't believe it. It's okay. Because economics is not real. It's just <laughs> people who make up assumptions and can prove anything they want. So, yeah, so that would include subsidies and include uh, a whole life cycle cost from resale value to, I don't know, I don't know if it included uh, recycling batteries or not. But uh, the good news is that although it might be a higher sticker price, the Tesla Model 3 might be the cheapest car in America. Didn't see that coming, did you? Did not see that coming. Um, I don't know if it's true, though. That's just one one analysis. So I was uh, chatting with somebody who said that he does not like the digital uh, currency idea. And a lot of you would agree, right? You don't like digital currency because you'll lose your privacy and the government can turn you off. So I asked what the alternative was. Because, you know, paper money's going to go away. Right? There's no way you're going to have paper money in 100 years. So what's the alternative? And so uh, Jam Rocker, who I was talking to on Twitter, said that he prefers a bartering system. So if his only choice is digital money, he's going to leave the economy and go to a bartering system. So when he pays his mortgage, for example, he would pay that in chickens. That's his plan. So that way you won't have to put up with a digital currency. Anybody else want to do that plan? Pay for your mortgage and chickens? A little bartering? 
So that's a pretty practical plan. So it's a good it's a good thing that we don't have to put up with digital currency. We have this alternative where we can uh, trade, uh, let's say, uh, a butter churn, or maybe if you had carved something out of a stick, you could you could trade that for things that you could eat. So you have options. All right. Um, I was thinking of this idea of creating a Spaces, which is the audio service on Twitter, in which I would ask people to convince me that there's a global elite cabal running everything and how that all works. If I did this right here, could you hear it if I just played it through my phone? Because I can do it right now because there's not much to talk about. You want to do it right now? Let's see. Let's see. All right. I had it all set up and then it disappeared. So I'm going to say, uh, explain to Scott Adams who, quote, they are. They are. Who are running or trying to control you. Trying to control you. All right, explain to Scott Adams who they are who are trying to control you. We'll record it. And uh, what do you think of this idea? Is this going to work? Let's try this. If you can't hear it, because I'll just be playing the audio through my phone. If you can't hear it, let me know. All right. So that music says it started, I guess. And, oh, look at all those people. Just popped up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spaces. Today's topic will be you convincing me that there is a group of global elites who are trying to control you. And... uh, and you're going to explain that to me in ways that make total sense. So who would like to go first? Oh, yeah, we're talking about Davos and Bilderberg, WEF, and all that. I want to look for somebody who uh, will be brave enough to... All right, raise your hands if you want to talk. Anybody want to talk? I believe I should see that request. I see one request. From Paul. Let's see. Add a speaker. Paul, can you hear me? Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Paul. Uh, are you going to argue or or explain to me who the global elites are? I will do my best. All right. Who, who are the global elites and why are they trying to control me? Who are they? Well... You've named, you've named some of it, you know, the Bilderbergs, uh, the Trilateral Commission, the Club of Rome. Basically, uh, any, anybody that we know their name of, they're down the puppet strings from whoever we don't know their name of. And what I actually suspect is that non-human entities or demonic entities might be influencing the uh, agenda. So demonic entities. 
Do you believe that there are non-humans who are controlling the global elites? I do. So not non-humans in physical form, like actual devils walking the earth? Uh, not that we could like see with our eyes, but uh, but uh, or like uh, interdimensional beings. Interdimensional, but the but uh, but the interdimensional beings would be able to uh, control our actions, even though they're in another dimension. They can control us from there. Well, not not like us, me and you, but yeah, like the global elites that make bargains with them and like do heinous acts in order to get like pseudo spiritual power. Uh, because these global elites, they they they. They hate the idea of God, and they wish to mock God and make themselves God. To make so themselves. yeah, I think that they, I think that they, they uh, make some sort of Faustian bargains with um, demonic. Uh, well, hold on. Entities. Hold on. Yes. So, so yes. the so the global elites would want to be God, but they would be working with the demons and the devils to do that. Yes. Oh, don't the demons and the devils want to be in charge? Why would the demons and the devils want to make people gods who would sort of be their own bosses then? Well, because that is, that's the Faustian thing. You, they think they can, can do a bargain and control it, but they can't. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fool's errand. All right, so, they, so the global league think that they will win but they're really being fooled by the demons and the devils or the, or, yes. or the evil. Yeah, Luciferian principles. And, yeah. what, and what, what would be the evidence for the, the demon-devil hypothesis? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, I, mean I, think, I think that, that Epstein Island ties into that, a blackmail ring of child sacrifice. You know, child sacrifice has been around for thousands of years. It's not this new phenomenon. And if we were serious, we would get to the bottom of who was part of that. But hello. Most of the global elites, I think, are tied up in that blackmail scheme where you where you don't rise to that unless you. So there's a blackmail on you. Wait. So there's a global blackmail scheme, uh, global pedophiles, and are the global pedophiles under the control of the this, the demons and the evil forces, or they are the yeah. evil forces? I think that they open themselves, uh, their consciousness, up to be influenced. And controlled, yes, by demonic forces. Demonic forces. All right, thank you, Paul. I'm going to see thank if any... Thank you, any... big fan. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, let's see who else. we got four more requests here. Uh, let's do David. David, you're coming in hot. David Swanson, are you there? David? Hello. You always have to wait for people to unmute. That's one of the problems with spaces. David, are you there? I am. I oh, am. Wow. Thank you. Um, and I've been a fan for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- well thank you. Now, uh, do you buy into the demons uh, and evil controlling the global elite, or do you have a different take on it? I'm going to say that... Um, you know, when you have big decisions, and we see it with a lot of stuff right now, when there are big decisions and they can go either way, um, and sometimes all you have is 
bad outcomes and you're trying to get all of humanity on the same page, sometimes the decision you make would be, you know, perceived as evil. Um, and there are certain cases where market manipulation by forces happens. Um, you know, when we take the Ukraine war right now, did that need, does that need to get this bad with all these people killing each other? Could there have been a different outcome at the beginning? I don't know. I think so. I think so. I wouldn't have liked to have seen that happen. And some people would say, well, because... You know, the Biden administration took that. They're in bed with the devil group. Um, yeah, um, I think that uh, are, are they physical? I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions that um, we have right now that maybe should should not be able to be asked. But are there are there forces where people are taking advantage and, and doing uh what I would say bad things to innocent people, yes. But, you know, is that evidence of like a a devilly a devilly cult or is that just the path that they are they are going down? I don't think we have evidence of <clears throat> I don't think that we have evidence that there's, you know, horned devil minotaur guys running around. Um, I don't think we have evidence, at least I haven't seen that, but are there obviously some bad people out there and sometimes they operate um, and they have control of very uh, big apparatuses that can get a lot of action done? Yeah, yeah, I think we can agree on that. Um, okay, so, so there are definitely outcomes, but we don't know if there are devils behind it. There are bad outcomes, but we don't know if it's a just a outcome of a bunch of people pursuing their selfish interests, but it looks devilly. And yeah, and I think because it's not just, you know, I, I'm not going to say there's not one person. Like it, it definitely demands like a, uh, a consensus of a, of a couple of people in, in various factions. I'm not about to name names, but you, okay. you, you know, to get anything big done, it can't just be an individual. So, All right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to see if we can call somebody else up here. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's see who else we got here. We've got seven requests. And yeah, I want to see if I can get the most lively, interesting person on here. General Cuss Words is here. <laughs> All right. sounds, sounds positive, yeah. We'll see how the dialogue goes. Oh, oh, hold on, I've got somebody still. David's still on. Yeah, yeah. All right, removing you. All right, let me find a new person here. We'll go with uh, Zara. Z Zara, you're coming in. Do you hear me? Hello, Zara. Zara, unmute your microphone. This is just the biggest problem with spaces, that the people who are waiting to speak are not ready to speak. So it looks like that's not happening. Oh, there you are, Zara. Uh, you want to weigh in on the question of the global elites and whether or not there are demons and devils controlling them? 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the audio all changed on me when I came on here, so sorry about that. That's another tech issue. But uh, so I'm. I'm. Uh, it's interesting that people are bringing up devils. I'm not sure about that, but authoritarian structures—they're in the business of trying to control people. So you can expect that their motivations are to, like, if your job was to stop people from robbing and murdering, you could do that easier if you could read everybody's email. And so is the question, is there a group of people trying to manipulate and control the rest of us? I mean, isn't that, is that hard to prove or is that the question or am I missing the question? Well, wouldn't you say that we're all trying to manipulate everybody all the time? And if you have more power, you, you're manipulating more people. But aren't, aren't we all manipulating everybody all the time? That's basically just called life. That's, exact, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, it, it, is, there, is there a contention for that? Like, I don't think of that as, like, some evil cabal of people twisting a mustache. The question it's a free for market. people who are really concerned about it should be, why is it working on me? Like, if, if it works on my neighbors... And whatever the deep state or whatever it is that you think is behind it, even if it's devils, if it works on you and your neighbors and they give it up, well, then China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, somebody else is going to do it. The fact that it's working is something that you could fix instead of trying to figure out who the people are that are doing it. Okay. Do you you think that the big uh, global groups are all together, or do you think they're operating independently? In other words, is Davos and the Bilderberg, are they no, all I the same there's, team? There's a whole bunch of different people with different interests fighting to manipulate the world just exactly the way you described it, from mm-hmm. like the grassroots up okay. sort I, of a way. I, it sounds like you're pretty much on my page. Let, uh, thank you for oh, that, okay. and I will uh, see if I can find somebody who can disagree with me a little more. We want, we want a little disagreement going on here. Thanks, Sarah. Right, let's get some disagreeing. All right. Um, I saw a comment just on YouTube while I was watching that uh, the real question is things like ESG, you know, DEI, and the various <laughs> programs that get, uh, you know, the, let's say the Davos people get infected with and then they spread it everywhere. Now, we all know that that's happening. But I'm looking for the evil, the evil part. Right? There are things we don't like. There's no doubt there are things we don't like that, that some people think are good and some people think are bad. But that's not anything. That's just business as normal. So let's see who else we got here. All right. Let's talk to... It's hard to find who, who you think will be the most interesting person, but we'll just go with the top here. All right, James Bowery, you're coming in. We're adding you as speaker. James. James, weigh in, please. James, James, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, great. Technology is working. What, what's your take on this? Is there a big global elite, and are they run by demons and devils? There is one demon that's an artificial general intelligence that is turning people into sterile worker mechanical Turks. It's called the global economy. Okay, the global economy you're calling an intelligence? It's an artificial general intelligence. We have built it. It's artificial. 
but, but you mean that it's sort of accidentally intelligent because it's just how we've designed the world economy? People talk about emergent intelligence, right? Right. People are worried about artificial general intelligence being unfriendly, right? Um, that's one worry, yes. Well, it's a pretty big deal right now. Yeah, yes. So, <clears throat> under what circumstances would people say, oh, we now see there's an emergent artificial general intelligence that is unfriendly to us? Could it be when we are stopping to having children? Ah, so, I, okay, I like this. I like the direction you're going. If you were to look at all the things that are, in fact, happening, such as the re- reduction in birth rates, etc., you would say that the... Um, let's say the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming that there must be some kind of centralized intelligent control uh, over all of it because it's all heading in one direction. Does that sound right? I would say more along the lines of uh, unfriendly artificial general intelligence are not necessarily aligned with anything that's of human value. Like, for example, the paperclip maximizer doesn't really have evil intent. It's just maximizing to a bad utility function. Then how would, uh, let's, say the, let's say ESG, let's take that for example. Do you think that the, uh, this intelligence which you speculate is already operating, do you believe that it was behind ESG or the World Economic Forum or 15-minute cities? Is it behind all that stuff? Most of the that kind of stuff is more like a uh, unintended consequence that is a result of the way human preferences operate within the incentive structures that exist. So you'll have, for example, a centralized point of uh, emission of the world reserve currency, which must increase with the increase in the world economy. And the play, the way in which it's introduced into the world economy is from central points, generally the uh, Western power centers like Wall Street and Washington, D.C. And so those people get first crack at any new issuance of money going into the global economy as it's growing. And those people are insulated from the consequences of their decisions by virtue of the fact that they have all this money. And so they just start degenerating in their behaviors. And ESG is just an example of that. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you, do you believe the global elites, in their minds, think that they personally can make more money and have more control by reducing the economic activity of the planet, by doing things that are harmful to the economic... Uh, well, harmful to the free market? Do you, do you think they think they can make more money without the free market? No, I think that the ESG stuff is is not sincere. You know, people who think of themselves as being powerful are in general just engaging in virtue signaling, but they don't actually support things that are good for the environment, and they don't actually care about reducing economic activity. In fact, they actually want economic activity to increase. They're simply... Uh, one, one way of thinking about this is wireheading. In AGI terms, people like to talk about the danger of AGI 
going into a mode that's wire hitting. In other words, it has bypassed the normal mechanisms by which it can be reinforced and going gone straight to its own pleasure centers. People are doing that when they are insulated from the consequences of their own, own behavior by virtue of the fact that they have, get more and more world reserve currency as the global economy expands. So they're completely disconnected from their statements. They just simply behave in such a way that they are basically just wireheading. They're, they're fentanyl addicts in, in essence. I mean, if, so, if, they were going, if I was going to point to a, a, a source of maybe uh, nefarious motives on the part of humans in all this, I'd say perhaps China has figured out ways in which it can encourage these kinds of degenerate behaviors on the part of people who are in positions of power. So, for example, you would get the Libertarians and Reason Magazine, Mises Institute, etc., saying that there is no such thing as a natural monopoly for the purpose of creating more and more network effect monopolies in Silicon Valley, which could then censor things and engage in all kinds of degenerate behavior. So you think China might be behind the growth of social media in the United States? It would be behind the growth of the belief that these network effect monopolies are not, in fact, monopolies and should not be treated as inimical to our general interests. It's sort of like saying to the private sector, yeah, here's your fentanyl, you know, start start in, indulging in your fentanyl and get guys like Scott Adams to invest so, in so, effect monopolies. So, so you speculate it might be China, but do you, do you believe that it is coordinated from some central place, whether China or someplace else? No, I'm just saying that there are, there are going to be places that really look like they are sort of the elite in this whole thing. And some of them are going to be better at this kind of behavior than others. The, the ESG guys are just idiots. I don't think China is as stupid, but I think that China's loss of birth rate is evidence that they, too, are sort of wireheading at the top level of China. Oh, that's interesting. All right, so let me take some more callers. Thanks, James. Appreciate, yep. appreciate it. So that, that's an interesting point. If China is losing, if China is losing population as well, that would suggest they are not the the top of the uh, control, because they wouldn't be doing it to themselves. They'd be doing it to other people. All right. Let's see if we can get somebody else here. So we got uh, what kinds of theories. Notice it's mostly men. What's up with that? Women are women are bowing out here. All right, let's talk to Owen. Owen, are you there? Hello, Owen. I'm pretty sure Hi, Owen. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So, what what a way in on this? Is there a global elite, and are there demons or no demons? <laughs> well, I I. My main argument is I think I'm aligned with you that most of what we see are people that are just acting out of selfish interests. But my argument would be that's a distinction without a difference. That I think they, you know, the people that have a lot of money tend to also accumulate a lot of power. And so that selfishness, which I would be, I would be arguing is evil um, because I don't think they care about 
essentially ordinary people and their interests, that they're looking out for their own interests. And I do think they coordinate with each other because they make deals all the time. They influence media, they influence government, and they push policies that are better for themselves and not better for other people. And so, like, like always, talk, like, like always, though, right? I mean, it's the same as always. Well, I think the you know the the, the difference that we're seeing now is that we are moving, in my opinion, towards a more network-based system. Um, so I think to some extent that's causing the elites to have less control, frankly, than they used to have, or at least it's harder for them to maintain that control. But I think they're still taking actions to try and reassert and keep that control. And well, I who, guess, you know, the, the way I look at it is you have... Do, do you see any central coordination at all? Do you, do you think that the World Economic Forum or Bilderberg or anything, do you, do you think that any combination or one of them is in charge? I don't think I would believe that one of them is in charge, but I would say that forums like the WEF and the WHO and even the UN, their whole purpose is to help with that sort of coordination. You know, they don't really listen to just ordinary people and take regular people's opinions into account. They, they invite only these elite people to their forums, and the whole purpose is to facilitate that communication right. and the relationships between those people. Right, which is business as usual, right? Every industry has the industry heads meet. Every governments get together across the world. Governors and the states get together. So isn't it the most normal thing in the world that people who have something in, something in common such as the biggest CEOs, would have meetings to share information and network and stuff like that. Isn't that the most normal thing in the world? Unfortunately. I mean, I think the, you know, the, the, I think the difference we've seen in recent decades is that it has become much more globalized, which I think many people from the United States, for example, would think is against our interests because many jobs have been lost over the years. And, you know, we saw what happened to the Rust Belt where a lot of the jobs went overseas, the IT outsourcing, other types of outsourcing, where the people that run these mega corporations have said, well, we don't care about what happens to the workers or the people in our own country. We just care about our profits. And so we're going to well, use slave labor, cheap labor in places like China or other places but, and but, benefit but, our bottom line and not, right. that's not a, that's care a, about the other effects. That's just capitalism. You just describe capitalism. I suppose you could describe it as capitalism, but not what I would think is you know an enlightened capitalism because I think... Well, there is no, again, there is, there is no enlightened capitalism. <laughs> that, that doesn't exist. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think the question, though, is does this group exist? I think it is a normal thing. I think it is something that probably has existed forever. I don't think it's a new phenomenon. I think we might be noticing it a lot more now that there's a lot more ways for us to communicate and get information than we used to have. Now, but do you think that the elites are competing with each other or they're all coordinated in some kind of a you know, monopoly way? Both. I mean, I think everyone is competing with each other to some extent because everyone does care about their own interests, but I think they are also cooperating and they are making deals with other elites to make things happen that benefit both of them, but don't necessarily benefit other people. So, for example, bankers would make deals that were good for banks in general, but not maybe, maybe not good for the customers. 
Yes, that's one example. Yeah, and to me, that's just capitalism. And then the then the customers say, "Hey, I'll go to another bank if you guys do this." All right. Let, let, uh, th- thanks for the uh, input, Owen. I'm going to see if I can move on, get some more thoughts here. Okay. Thank you. All right. I was asked to uh, let's talk about 15 minute cities. Somebody want to tell me how 15 minute cities are going to end us all? Uh, you don't have to, but let's let's talk to Amy. Amy, ask Amy. You are on live. Are you there? I don't think 15-minute cities are going to end us all. I live in a 15-minute area myself where I can literally do anything I needed to do on foot and have been for the last 30 years. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. 15-minute radius. Hold hold on, you're already in an... You already live somewhere where everything is convenient within 15 minutes, but how how long have you been a communist? (laughs) Well... Uh, let's see. And, and how long is it? Five seconds since you called me. One. Are, 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 are there any devils or demons <laughs> in your city, or or they just put you there and then then they go away? Well, uh, you know what, Scott, uh, I was driving home forty five minutes away once, and we saw this big sign out on the interstate that said that if you lived here, you'd be home by now. Right. And that spoke to me. So, yes, I live 10 minutes from downtown, but far enough away that it's not a problem. Now, do and you... I, I can walk to, the, to three different grocery stores if I needed to, but I will get in my car instead. Now, um, oh, so that, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I, I used to live where I could walk to buy my groceries. It was the greatest thing. Um, yeah, but who wants to haul them home at our age is, is my big question. You know, I'm not, I don't have an electric bike like you do, although we did talk about it yesterday. Have you seen my muscles? I have gigantic I, muscles. I have seen your muscles, yeah, and honestly, <laughs> Scott, since you have aged out, you have definitely gotten better. I'm just saying that out loud as a person who is older than you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, what do you think? What do you think of uh, digital currency? If all your money is digital, is that? Are you afraid? Uh, of, I'm not a real of? big one on digital currency because it's just it's floating out there, you know. And it's kind of like savings. You know, I'm getting two cents for you know per thousand dollars in savings right now per month, which is kind of ridiculous to park money like that but when you get to be a certain age you need to have liquidity well, you have... and I'm, the, I'm just i'm just not sure that a digital currency has i mean it has liquidity as long as you go through the the proper channels but once you go outside those channels like bitcoin you know i have a i have an awe of bitcoin but i'm not willing to go out there and and put everything i've got in bitcoin because it's unknowable right. at this point all right. Well, thanks, Amy. I'm going to take another caller. Thanks for calling. Okay, thank you. All right. Who wants to tell me that 15-minute uh, cities are bad? I'm going to try Cheryl. Cheryl, are you there? Cheryl? Cheryl will be here any minute as soon as she un- unmutes her microphone. Hey, Cheryl. Good morning, Scott. Sorry, I uh, was switching over and missed your question, but I, I think I can just speak in general <laughs> based on right. everything you're talking about to okay. me. Please do. Um, and 
And believe me, I pay attention. I'm not saying people don't, but but some people just don't. They don't they don't see the connections. And WEF, EU, um, the WHO, they're all in the same boat. So, you know, you talk about let's. You were just talking about 15 minute cities. That's our. That's all part of their agenda. And a lot. And to me, most of it has to do with control. So they make it. You know, certainly in my county, I'm probably in the the bluest county in the country. We were the last to um, on lockdown, and we we have the most insane um, county leaders and leaders in my state. I'm in Maryland, and um, so we are a sanctuary city, um, and they've been pushing. So they're not going to come right out and say, you're not going to be able to have own cars. You're going to have to live in um, 400 square foot apartments. Now, I own a condo. Now, I love it. Hold, hold on, hold on. They're, they're literally taking away our choices. Do you, you think that their idea is to give you fewer choices, not more choices? Absolutely. Because Absolutely, I, 100% control. So right. they're basically, they've been... Hold on, let me, let me, hold on, hold on. Let, let me ask some questions about this control thing. Everybody who has power yeah. wants control because if they don't have control, then everything falls apart. So, so everybody, everybody in power wants control. Facebook wants to control their customers, control the government. The government wants to control us. So when, when I hear that somebody wants to control something... I hear, mm, I hear nothing. That's that's like well, I'm people sorry, people like to hold on, hold on, hold on. Point let, to my argument, let, let I can it, I can choose not to be on Facebook. When you have, get to a point where you can't choose where you can live or if you can buy a house, you have to live in a, a an apartment. Um, right. Okay, so, but, so, but hold on. You can't own a car. Right, but do then you, then I take I have a problem who, with that. Who who do you think is telling you that that's going to happen. So nobody said that. You just assume... Because they do it slowly. This is what. This is why our, our country's screwed right now. They've well, been well, doing it slowly. Well, well, who, so who, they've been implementing they? these things step who's by step. Who's, who's they? And what is their purpose? Oh, fuck. They is um, the, the elites, the, the globalists. The elites, all of them? Um, so all the bankers, all... So is is Elon Musk working all with all that are involved with so Bill people Gates? People that aren't aligned with um, but is Bill Gates is Bill EU, Gates working with Elon? Then they're probably not aligned with. But him. is so is, is Elon on. is Elon working with Bill Gates? Are they in the same team? I don't know. I, I'm think I'm. You know what? I, I actually do support Elon. I think that he's actually a doer, and he's been um, he's been you know t- telling us what he's going to do, and he's been doing it. Um, have you, have you ever noticed? He, uh, he told the EU to, yeah. to shove yeah. off. You ever, so have, I, I like him for that. Uh, have you ever noticed that there are no billionaires who say what you say? That there, there's. Yeah, of, I have. Of, uh, <laughs> of all the because billionaires, they don't, want, they don't want more people to be in the club. It's a very yeah. exclusive well, hold on. club. Hold on, hold on. You, you, you think all, all the billionaires are in the same club? They're no, all, they're I don't. All in the same club. I did not say that. So, so, I did not say okay, that. If they're, I, if they're I, not I in the same club, all right, if they're not in the same club, the majority are in the same can, club. If they're not in the same club, isn't it surprising that there's not one billionaire who's spoken up against them? Well, you know what? Look what happens to people when they speak up against them. I mean, right now, they sort of have a huge power force. Um, and, and so, I, you know, look at people that have, have spoken up against them. Look at people... You know, me, for example, who's spoken out against them. I mean, 
Thank God nothing bad has happened. I haven't lost my job or anything, but I know people that have. So, so, so you think that Klaus Schwab and, and Bill Gates, horrible. Uh, do, they, yep, do, horrible. They, do they agree on everything? Yep. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> they are all in the same club, okay. I'm telling you right now. And this is just my opinion. People can laugh. But, People can call but, me conspiracy theorists. You can right. but use Elon, your condescending voice. But, I don't care. But Elon, <laughs> but Elon, Elon's not in the club or he is in the club? I don't believe Elon is in the club. I believe Elon has has a, a, a greater good for humanity um, mindset. Do you and think, maybe that's altruistic on my part, uh, but you, that's just what I'm seeing uh, do you and think, hearing from him. Do you think the richest man in the world is aware of this club? Or, Absolutely. Or, uh, I think that there are people that are very aware of this why, club. Then why does he say it doesn't they're exist? Doing Whatever what? they can. Why does he say it doesn't um, exist? Maybe not out in the open to what? help dismantle this club. <laughs> why, why does Why does Elon just say that WEF is just a club for rich people? It's basically nothing. Right. I don't think he wants to. I, I think again, um, he's not going to. You know, I, I've asked him, and I asked. Um, no, I'm not going to let her speak. No, no, I'm looking at the comments here. To, to no, I'm absolutely not going to let her speak because she's 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 a she's just going on. Absolutely not. I'm going to turn her off because of all the comments here. Right. I'm not. I'm not turning her off because of her comments. I'm turning her off because of your comments. Right. Stop telling me not to interrupt her. If she's going on and she's made her point and she won't listen to questions, then I don't want to have her on here. You, you've got to be able to understand how a conversation works to do this. Your your minimum requirement for being a good guest on Spaces is you let the other person break in so that you don't go too far without um, being questioned on the point you're making. If you're on your fifth point and you haven't let me break in, you can't be a guest. You, you have to go away. right? Make a point. Let me challenge it. Make your point. Let me challenge it. That would be a conversation. But no, I'm not going to let her speak. Don't, don't ask me to do that. That's a ridiculous request. So let's try it again. Without all that... Oh, here's uh, BJ. Let's add BJ. BJ, are you there? Can you hear me? Hey, Scott. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm very good. Give, um, give me your take on the, all this stuff. Okay, so in general, um, and just a little bit of context, I've run politically in Canada on the federal level. I know many of our members of Parliament have a very uh, more than superficial understanding of how it works behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Uh-huh. It's um, <clears throat> it's way more complex than just saying there's one group of they, because there's so many different competing interests, and they're all stabbing each other. <laughs> they're all stabbing each other in the back. That's the way a political party works. Right. That's so what, that- I, that's the way I understand it, as a bunch of competing elites. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, this is the whole what I talk about politically, the political establishment and the lobby class. They go directionally in the same direction just because they share similar interests. But they're also trying to stab each other in the back. And I think that's also why it's very difficult for them to succeed with these narratives and that people are aware that something is going on behind the scenes. But it's not like there's one guy at the top 
who makes all the decisions and has, you know, an army of soldiers who execute his plan. No, no, the army of soldiers are always trying to cut him off at the neck as well. So it's 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 more complex than just one basic vague. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm on exactly the same page, which is uh, the the outcome of all of people's selfish actions make it look like it's coordinated. But but that's just a coincidence. In other words, it's just a faulty pattern recognition. Yeah, so, I think that's 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 definitely a good way of looking at it. And also, you know, kind of the uh, the billionaire class, if you want. Uh, I mean, I know some of those people, and they're not one group. Many of them hate each other. The example I give to people often is, are you telling me that Bill Gates and Elon Musk are on the same page? Exactly. No. But, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I know some of these people look at somebody like Klaus Schwab, and they think he's a clown. But he somehow puts together this uh, conference every year, and sometimes there's somebody else within the billionaire class who has a company that they want to do business with. So they're going to go to, to Klaus's stupid clown show, ignore Klaus, but maybe they'll make a contact that they agree with because they want to expand their business. Yeah. That doesn't mean I like Klaus and I don't think Klaus has some, you know, maybe negative impacts on politics, but also doesn't mean that it's so simplistic that it's this binary good versus bad Black versus white sort of thing. Yeah, I will tell you that uh, I know quite a few billionaires, but I've never met a billionaire who believed that there was a they controlling the world. Yeah, because that would be them, right? <laughs> well, that, that, would, that would be them, but you know, I know enough of them personally that if, if there was somebody else, including them, you know, controlling the world, I'd know about it. Yeah, and also, how much money do the they billionaire class give to the world through philanthropy and through projects and through charities. That's something where I, I don't know why we've been trained out of this, but some of the people I know, the amount of money they give for causes genuinely, generally because they just want to help and they see that life is a struggle for a lot of people. Right. That's the people we've been primed to think, oh, it's the us versus them, oppressor versus oppressed, 1% versus 99%. That's just not how the world works, at least yeah. from my perspective, what I've seen politically behind the scenes and, you know, as somebody who's been at the forefront of a few things, including that convoy. But the last thing I'll tell you is on the topic of they, with the Freedom Convoy, with the trucking convoy, the trucking convoy was sabotaged. And it was sabotaged by a group of what we call they, of the political class, not necessarily because they're evil, but because they want to maintain political control over certain voting blocks. But that's about as far as it goes. That's about as much power as they have. And they struggle to maintain that control just because there's loud mouths like myself and other people who you know that don't allow them to engage with it. And the billion learned most of them hate politics. They get involved because it's a necessary evil for their business. I don't know if you found the same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes politics if they also have money. <laughs> you can't. You can't like both of those things. All right. Thanks, BJ. Appreciate the comments. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. 
All right. If you didn't recognize him, uh, that's BJ from uh, Canadian Freedom Truckers, Freedom Convoy, whatever it's called. All right. Um, I think I think I've said enough. Um, I'm going to close out the uh, the spaces. And thanks for joining. And I'll say goodbye now. All right. The spaces is closed. And I'm back. Now, part of the problem, part of the problem you can see is that um, there are different opinions here, so it's hard to get any one take. But I, I would say I would divide it into basically two to three different categories of thought. One is the demonic evil concept, that there's a real thing called evil and it's infected the elites, and they're trying to destroy the world. The, the other is that it's just rich people who want control. There's no devils or evils. Just a, bunch of, um, just a bunch of selfish people trying to get what they want. In that model, of course they want control, because everybody wants control. But not necessarily trying to destroy the world. They're just trying to have more control, I suppose. <clears throat> and then there's my opinion which you heard a few people have something, something similar, which is there's just a whole bunch of rich people looking out for themselves and their stockholders, which is a way to look out for themselves as well. And the end result of that, because capitalism and free markets are not perfect, is a whole bunch of problems. And we can see the problems, and they look so pervasive, especially the, popul- the population decline, it looks so pervasive, it almost looks organized. But in my opinion, it's not organized in the least. There are, however, certain things such as climate change that sincere people think is their biggest thing and they're coordinating on it. So there's certainly lots of elites coordinating, but they do it somewhat transparently. Most of the coordination is right in front of you. You know, even the 15-minute cities and, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy. They put out the video. And they're actually floating these ideas right in front of you. I'm, not, I'm never afraid of transparency. If these big, scary organizations are putting out a video telling you exactly what they think a good future would look like, that's the opposite of scary. That's, that's free speech. That's floating some ideas. That's brainstorming. I don't have any problem with it at all. Now, if they're trying to do it just for control, you have to take it to the next level. Okay, and that's that's the part that's missing. Nobody wants control for the sake of control. Would you agree? Control is not an end product. You want control to make money. You want control to protect your family. You want control uh, maybe because it feels good. Yeah. But there's a bunch of reasons, but it's not the control you want. You want to feel good, make money, be healthy, be powerful, something. Control is not its own end. Um, all right. Control is a means to an end, that is correct. And I don't see, I don't see anybody who's got a lot of money who wants to do anything that reduces the free market. So the idea that the 15-minute city will be a way to take your car away, to me, that doesn't ring true at all. 
if you told me that there would be 15-minute cities where cars are not allowed, I would say, oh, that's almost guaranteed. But do you think that they won't let you live in the other cities if you want a car? You, do you really think they're just going to say, it's all 15-minute cities, that's the whole, everything in the United States will turn into a 15-minute... No, it will just be a very small alternative. You know, 1% of the population will willingly not want to have a car. I might be one of them. And they'll go to a 15-minute city if they feel like it. Then there'll be a different 15-minute city that's, you know, a whole, you know, different set of ideas than the other one. And some people will like that one. And then the best parts of these little cities will turn into the new cities, and it's called the free market. But I don't think you're going to be forced to do anything. With one exception, you will be forced to have digital currency eventually. You will have digital money and you will not have cash someday. But you all know that. That's not me saying I want it. There there just isn't any way that you will always be able to use a piece of paper in your pocket to pay for stuff. It's just definitely going away. I just don't know when, 10 years or 50. But it's definitely going away. Social credit is inevitable, but it also exists. You think you don't have a social credit score? Who who thinks they don't have a social credit score? Of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) You totally do. So your financial life has a credit score. If you have any kind of a business that can get a Yelp review, you've got a Yelp review, right? If you are an employee, you get an annual review. I'm, if you did something on social media, it lives there forever, and they check it. Right? How, how much closer could you get to? Um, how much closer could you get to having a credit score? And we basically have one. You know, you wouldn't even know the difference, would you? <laughs> and the government already knows if you have, let's say, a if you have a criminal record. You don't get to hide it. So they know your credit, your criminal record. Um, they know your social media history. They know your job performance, because you could call the other employer and get a recommendation. I mean, yes. I, yeah, military service, exactly, right. So I completely agree with you that a social credit score would be a negative. But we basically have one. And the, the same with uh, they can turn off your digital money. They can do that now. They can turn off your ATM tomorrow. <laughs> all, they, all they need is a reason. The only thing the government needs to turn off all of your money is a reason. And that would be the same as whether it was digital currency or anything else. If they had a reason, they turn it off. Exactly the same as now. No difference. Try turning off Bitcoin. I'll bet they can turn off Bitcoin. Um, Don't be mad at me for being right. Some people are mad at me for being right. That, That feels unfair. Resistance is futile. Well, I don't know if resistance is futile... 
Maybe you can put it off a little longer. But it doesn't rise to the level of anything I'm caring about right now. Uh, Having some lack of freedom doesn't mean we ought to accept more control. Did I tell you you should accept more control? No. No, I think control is sort of the pendulum. Do you remember when the, the pandemic was in full swing and the government was trying to exert ridiculous levels of control, which they did? And then it was over, and then we turned those controls off. I think that's the way things work. You get more control, people complain, they loosen them. Just forever. ESG is, uh, is the free market. ESG is the free market. Because there's literally a... You know, Vivek Ramaswamy has a fund of non-ESG companies. So it's very much the free market. It's just that at the moment, it's winning in the free market. But do you think ESG is going to be a big thing in 10 years? Do you think, you think that's still going to be the thing? It's probably not a chance. Probably everything like that reverses every decade or so. All right, I think I've jabbered enough, made you mad enough at me. Who's mad at me? Let's find that. How many of you are mad at me right now? Anybody get mad? I did get a little snippy there at one point. Just be just mad in general. All right. You're disappointed. Aw. Aw. Somebody's disappointed in me. Do you know what it means to be a man in the United States? Maybe in the world, but in the United States. Do you know what the, the primary, um, let's say, the primary operating system or mental state of a man is you're disappointed in me? Yep. Yeah, if you're in a relationship, somebody's disappointed with you every day. If you do any kind of a public thing, people are disappointed. If you have a job, people are disappointed. You're all disappointed in me. It's all terrible. All right, that's all for now, YouTube. Thanks for joining. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.